Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Welcome back. Hi, everyone. Hope you are hanging in there because that's the only thing that I imagine that little cat poster, right? Just like hanging on the branch. Oh, my God. For dear life. Now all I'm thinking about is all of the like posters like that or like the motivational posters that used to be like around classrooms and like middle, like, I don't know why I want to say middle school, but probably like elementary totally. school too. And like Peterson's office, like, do they still have those kind of posters? I feel I like know. they do. I feel like that's a big business. <laughs> and this school year has been so different than any other that we've seen. And uh, mm-hmm. as my friend put so eloquently put it, the other day, I am not here for it. So <laughs> yeah. it's quite yeah. an adventure. And, you know, we're trying to navigate this school year with you guys as best as possible. Obviously, at the beginning of the school year, we had our three-part series, basically like back to school with COVID, right? Um, where we were able to go yeah. over some of the California legislation and, you know, keep on the lookout. We're, we're going to try to keep up on that as best as we can. But we're excited to have Nicole Thompson on today to talk about gratitude. She's actually the co-author of the Love Math Journal. And you may have remembered Allison Dillard that we had had on previously, who co-authored the math series books. And just so excited to have Nicole on. Nicole, thank you so much for coming on. Can you give our listeners a bit of background about yourself? For sure. Thanks, Vicki and Amanda, for having me here. So I am a teacher, and I've been a teacher for almost 15 years now. I'm up in uh, northern Ontario, Canada, so I know our education system is a little bit different. However, we have a lot of similarities as teachers do. So I started out in kindergarten and spent a lot of years actually doing a kindergarten, and my family moved away And so therefore, I kind of had to leave the classroom as I knew it and give up my job, you know, to follow my husband's job, who's actually also a teacher, (laughs) a principal now. So my family's been kind of moving around northern Ontario for the last few years. And while I was doing that, I got my master's degree in education. I'm now teaching academic upgrading at the college, uh, Confederation College. So I'm, I'm helping people that need a second chance kind of at education because they missed that first chance while they were going through, whether it be elementary or high school, and they just didn't graduate, or they've decided now as adults, they want to get into the workforce or go back to post-secondary. So I'm there to help them upgrade their skills and get them into whatever path they choose. So I'm really loving that right now. But while all that was going on, I started my own little business. And it's all about, it's called the Fulfilled Classroom. And it's really just getting off the ground right now. I'm, you know, I've got a group of teachers that I've connected with and I'm creating gratitude curriculum and resources for teachers to use in their classrooms. And also we just have a community trying to just help teachers live better lives um, and not so be so stressed out in the classroom. We have so many demands on us as teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so definitely, yeah, I'm trying really hard to bring that kind of personal development feel into the 
into my business as well as teaching our students, you know, to live with gratitude and intention in their lives, because I think that they need to learn this at a really young age that they only get one chance at this. So to kind of find that passion and be grateful for what they have, and then they can succeed from there. You know, I think living in California, a lot of us here, you know, meditate and, you know, gratitude. Can you kind of give a little bit of perspective as to what you believe gratitude is? Like maybe like a really basic definition and and why you believe practicing gratitude um, and how it relates to students. For sure. So for me, gratitude is like in the the very basic is that it's being thankful for what you have and for things around you, the people around you, Uh, no matter your circumstances, finding something to be thankful for in your circumstances. And the reason that I believe that it's so important for our students is because it's something in our brain happens. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's scientific that when we feel appreciation, Mm -hmm. we get those feel good chemicals are released in our brain and it instantly increases our mood. It lowers stress, uh, all sorts of good things. There's a ton of benefits, which we can talk about. And so because it, it has this um, effect on us physically and mentally, it can only be a positive thing to have our students be practicing this on a daily basis because it is something we have to practice. We can't just say, I'm going to be grateful today. And, you know, it's something you really need to work at. And then eventually after you practice it, maybe every day you've got a prompt that you, you know, write down three things you're thankful for. But after a few days of doing this, you're going to start seeing that it becomes more of more second nature. And so we really have to be conscious of having a practice and teaching our students that we can't just, you know, decide one day to just, you know, flip our thoughts and be grateful, but we can practice and lead up to that where our brains are automatically looking for things to be grateful for. I can imagine, especially in the classroom, when we're dealing with like younger kiddos and their their blooming relationships with peers, that this can help strengthen these bonds too, because you're giving them more tools for connecting with others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you think about it, this really sat with me when I heard that every decision that we make in our life is based on how we feel. Yeah. Yeah. And so, right, if we're not feeling great, we're focused on negativity, we're probably not going to make the best decisions uh, and things might spiral. But if we're feeling good and focusing on the right things, we're going to make better decisions. And so, yeah, how we feel affects our entire life. So what better way? Yeah, what better way for sure. And I think that searching for that transition back, so many of the schools in our nation have returned, right? And how are we dealing with the trauma of the last year that collectively we've all gone through together? And I think that gratitude and mindfulness, you know, go hand in hand and self-compassion, right? Loving kindness, meditations and things like that. It's all interrelated because our emotions happen and our behavior is affected. Our behavior, you know, will affect our emotions and it's all connected. So to be able to, at a basic level with our young kiddos, kind of get them into that practice mode can have just such tremendous positive effects on their like educational career and just their personal life. Why is that one of the reasons you think it's important for children to learn gratitude at a young age? Or is can you expand a little bit on that? Well, I think you, yeah, you got it exactly. Oh, you good. Know, <laughs> the nail on the head there. Oh, good, um, good. 
Because it sets them up for like, if they can be grateful at school, Mm -hmm. then that's going to set them up to want to be there. They're going to want to learn. They're going to have positive experiences. They're going to make more connections with others. And so it's going to be that snowball effect, right? And we need school to be a place, like a safe place for kids and a place they really want to be. And so by implementing these practices in the classroom, it helps students to feel safe and secure in the classroom. Yeah, and there's been just so much, like like you were saying, the trauma and the tragedy and everything that's happened in the last year and a half going on almost two years, right? Like that, you know, in order to get kind of kids back to, you know, feeling good, because a lot of them are going to be struggling as they're starting this school year. I don't know that there's very many students who aren't struggling in one way or another, whether it's the academic component or, you know, just connecting with being in person with people again, I think that's so important to be able to help them focus on, even if it's small things that they can show gratitude for, right? So they're not just honing in on, you know, the bad things, the things they're struggling with. And of course, it applies all the time, right? Like these kids who, you know, might get a horrible grade on, you know, a test or an assignment, but they're doing so well in some other area of their life, even if it's not academics, being able to show them that like, hey, we all have things that we're really good at and things that we might need to work a little bit harder on. Exactly. Yes. And I, and I think that, like you said, with the past year and a half and all the trauma that's gone on for both students and teachers, this has been probably the hardest year for teachers in their whole careers, some of them or most of them. And so helping to refocus as we go back into the classroom in person and we're not out of the woods yet, <laughs> you know, we're starting our fourth wave here and but we have a different perspective than we did last year and I think that it's just important to keep focused on what we want to come out of this right like this has been a horrible time for everybody but at the same time there's silver linings everywhere and so can we get our students to focus on those silver linings and to make the best of a bad situation and kind of give them those strategies because they're going to be faced with a lot of negative situations you know, later on in their life as they go. So if we can help them to navigate, you know, a pandemic, then that'll only help them in their future. And just as like a good reminder, right, for the teachers to be practicing the gratitude to show their students just kind of, I imagine, simple ways. So like how, can you give examples of how to practice gratitude? I know you had already said, you know, writing three things down. I imagine that's simpler for some of the older kiddos or adults, right? To kind of ground yourself in the moment, you know, look around and just think of three things that you're Mm -hmm. grateful for. But what are some other, like, do you have any specific activities that some of our teachers can use? For sure. So there are a lot of read alouds, like children's books out there that you can use. And that's one of the reasons I actually wrote a children's book during COVID called The Little Things, Finding Gratitude in Life's Simple Moments. Because as a teacher, that was my favorite thing to do was read books to my class. And so my love of children's books, I decided to create one myself. And it's focused specifically on little things. It's like a gratitude journal of my two children, uh, actually. So it's focused Mm -hmm. on little things in their life to give other children ideas. Oh, that's something I can be thankful for. I can connect to that. And so if we read books to students, we can have them just say one thing that they were happy about today. We can change the words up, you know, like what brought you joy? What made you happy? Does something make you smile? You know, just as long as we're bringing those same feelings, depending on the age of the children, I feel like having 
you can start your day or you can end your day like this where people, all your students share something that went well today or they're looking forward to. Maybe they have something on the weekend that they're super excited about and they're thankful for. I like the idea of having like a bulletin board where it's like the little things challenge where Ooh. you find all sorts of little things in the day to either write down or draw a picture of, or if somebody helped you, you can write that on the board, you know, on a sticky note, put up on the board. So you've got this like wall of all these little things that happened and that your class is grateful for. You can make like happiness boards where students draw, write, get cut things out of magazines, whatever it might be, like a little collage of things that make them happy. And you can have parents, you know, send in pictures of home, you know, that they can add to these. So kind of make it a family event as well, where they take, bring stuff home, bring things into the classroom. Um, so there's a lot of different activities. I actually just thought of one recently that I proposed to my teacher group. And I said, try this in the classroom and see how it goes. I'd love to hear, but just pick up an, like, an adamant object yeah. could be a pen, a jacket, a plant, like whatever, right? Just pick up a random object in the classroom and have the students say one reason that they could be thankful for that. And whether it be a plant, it might be because it's nice to look at. You know, it makes them feel calm. A jacket, it keeps me warm. A pen helps me to express my feelings. You know, like, so just these inanimate objects, we can still be grateful for those, you know? And it shows students, we don't have to be thinking like of major things like my health and my family, but we can think of little things like, you know, this little apple sitting on my teacher's desk. You know, I've got an apple post-it note in front of me right now, which it's really cute. And I'm happy and I'm grateful for it because it's, you know, makes me smile when I look at that. So we have to really show them that it can be so many little things. We don't have to just be looking at the big picture because we don't always feel like there's a huge thing to be grateful for in the moment. But if it can be a simple, oh, that person smiled at me, you know, or, you know, I get to play with these math toys. And I really love this when we get to have math time and I get to play with these math toys, you know, like, so teaching our students that it can be so, so simple is what's important for me is so that it's not like this theoretical, you know, philosophical thing that students can't grasp, but it's very concrete. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's a wonderful idea because yeah, I think a lot of times people think about the things that they're grateful for. A lot of times, most people say, you know, obviously like health and family and, you know, roof over our head are you know, those big things. And, you know, of course we should be grateful for them because there are so many people out there that don't have those, but that's a little bit more difficult for a child to grasp that they're looking at their, you know, smaller world and having little things that they can reflect on. I think definitely builds on, and especially if they can talk about it, I guess, from their own perspective too, maybe if they're grateful for things that they're good at or things that they like about themselves, they can help build self-esteem as well. Exactly. Actually, that's one of the lessons in my curriculum is like the best part of me. There's a book actually called The Best Part of Me. Mm. It's really read aloud and having them pick things that they love about themselves and focusing on that as well as a classmate um, writing letters to people that they want to say thank you to. There's lots of ideas that you can incorporate. Gratitude. And I think the perspective shift of just grabbing an inanimate object and then thinking of different ways can kind of help ease a child into like, oh, I'm grateful for this pencil because I get to sharpen it, you know, but then you could have the other range of kiddos be like, oh, it helps me write down my feelings, you know, and they can kind of expand on those critical thinking skills with just that easy 
gratefulness technique, which is awesome. That's really cool. I would love to hear how different teachers are implementing things. Because yeah, off the top of my head, I was like, oh yeah, name three things. I meditate and I use the Calm app. I use a couple different apps, but... Me um, too. Yeah, yeah. I love Calm. (laughs) Yeah, I have the 10% Happier app as well, which is awesome. And I actually like that one a, a bit more because the founder, and I'm like blanking on his name right now because that's just where my... That's how my brain's working lately. But he had like parents that were scientists and he's like married to a scientist. And so he has a very like logical, just like give me reasons why we're doing this. So a big reason why I started meditating was the science behind it. You know, just 10 minutes of meditating mindfulness completely rewires your brain, right? After just even after a week. And so I know the importance of gratitude. And one of the things that I had heard was, you know, every time you hear it to bring you into the moment, right? Like a door creak or the one that I use is hearing an airplane go by ahead. You stop and you name something that you're grateful for, right? So a teacher could even say, you know, every time the bell rings, right? Like, and the kiddo may not be around anybody, but like, hey, when you hear the bell ring, like think of one thing you're grateful for, right? And then that can help kind of guide kiddos to be doing it on their own time, right? Not necessarily just when the teacher's asking you to do it in the morning or in the afternoon. So that's just something that I kind of thought of right now that might be a good technique to use for people in their everyday life in the classroom as well. Yes, I love that because I do the same thing. Mine's actually the sound of a loon calls. That's one of my favorite sounds. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing that I see is rainbows. So I see a rainbow. But you don't realize how many rainbows you see, like when they're on children's clothing everywhere and <laughs> right. windows, right? You see yeah. a lot of rainbows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At first I was like, oh, wow, Is it, I guess it rains a lot. But just you even expanding it, right? To like, no, like actual like on the clothes or on, yeah. you know, shoes. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I would probably see a lot because my two and a half year old <laughs> loves rainbows. <laughs> it's really in right now, having rainbows on everything, especially for girls. Totally, I see it everywhere. Yes. Totally. Well, Nicole, is there anything else that you kind of want to express to like parents or administrators or teachers about, you know, gratitude in the classroom that we haven't already touched on? Well, maybe I'll just like reiterate some of those benefits. Yeah. Because, you know, as administrators and teachers and parents, we, when we see the benefits and how they relate to mm-hmm. our students and in our classroom, you know, that's another great selling point. So I already mentioned the chemicals in the brain. And so it like reduces depression, makes us feel happier and more optimistic. It actually gives us more patience when we're practicing gratitude and helps us with decision making skills. It helps with our sleep patterns, our immune system. We're even more likely to exercise regularly if we practice gratitude. Things such as like increasing resilience and self-esteem in our students, empathy. So communication, like there are so many benefits that are exactly what we're trying to teach our students. And so I feel like this is what I was talking with Allison when we did our Love Math Journal. We were trying to bring gratitude into math class specifically. And when I started, you know, listing off the benefits of problem solving, patience, resilience, you know, she's like, yeah, this is exactly what we need in math class. And so that's why we incorporated gratitude into math class and have a specific journal just for math, all about gratitude and and growth mindset. So I feel like if we know why we're doing it, we'll be more likely and so will our students to practice, right? I like to know the why behind it, just like you said, you do, Vicky. 
And so the benefits are, you know, almost infinite with gratitude. Yeah. And I think most kids like to know the why. I mean, that's why we always hear kids saying, but why, but why? Right. Yeah. Because they do. I mean, they're naturally curious. They want to know the why. And just instinctively, it gives us more reason to follow something. It's not just, well, I told you to do this or, you know, because I said so. It's really getting them to think and probably digest. Oh, this is helping me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Nicole, if we have anybody that has questions for you, where can they find you to follow up? They can find me at my website, www.thefulfilledclassroom.com. And there's a contact form there that they can email me. And, you know, I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, and people, if people can search me there and Instagram and things. But I think the website would probably be the best bet to get a hold of me. Thank you so much. We, we're so happy to have you on. And we definitely think as this school year progresses, it's never too late to implement something like this in your classroom. So we encourage all the administrators and teachers that are listening and, and parents to help encourage this continued kind of stance that science does back of trying to either in your homes or in the classrooms promote gratefulness. So very grateful to have you on, Nicole. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye. See you next Thank week. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye.